Welcome to Core Volunteer Training. Welcome, welcome. So glad you're here. Core Volunteer Training is a program of the Citizens Climate Lobby, which is created to help our supporters, specifically new, newer volunteers, as well as emerging group leaders. Special welcome to those of you who are emerging group leaders in this space. And CVT Core Volunteer Training is designed to help you explore foundational topics and achieve your larger goals around climate advocacy. This week, we are excited to present a new topic on preventing burnout as a climate advocate. I'm your host, Tamara Staten, and I am CCL's Volunteer Education and Resilience Coordinator. Tell you a good bit about Drew, and then we're gonna flip-flop. He's gonna tell you a little bit more about me so you know who these talking heads are on the screen in front of you. Drew began his path to climate advocacy in 2016 when he was recognized by a college professor as a Republican concerned with climate change and current policies. He was a volunteer before taking on his current position as conservative outreach director in March of 2021. And prior to his time with CCL, he was a combat medic in the US Army where he saw firsthand the effects of fossil fuels on servicemen and servicewomen. In an attempt to become a better medic while serving, Drew became a master resilience instructor so that he could help others with their mental health as much as their physical health. He currently lives in Georgia with his two daughters, his dog, Whiskey, and enjoys anything to do with the outdoors, which I can definitely relate to. And I'm gonna pass it to Drew for a moment. Thank you, Tamara. Um, I definitely appreciate the introduction. So I will go ahead and introduce Tamara. Tamara Staten is co-founded her local citizens climate lobby chapter in uh, Portland, Oregon in 2012 and stepped in as the regional coordinator for the greater Pacific Northwest in 2014, supporting leaders and expansion efforts in Oregon, Washington, uh, Idaho, Alaska, Hawaii, and three Pacific Island territories. In March of 2020, she joined the education team as education resilience coordinator uh, oh, we came in about the same time. That's that's exciting. No, you got a year on me. <laughs> Excited at the opportunity to integrate her background in education and professional development coaching with climate work uh, she's come to love. She has worked with individuals and groups around leadership development, communication, team building, and improving overall effectiveness, and is passionate about integrating more joy into the climate movement, you know, specifically supporting leaders in building resilience and effective pathways to positive global change. Thanks, Drew. Okay, well, let me tell you what we're going to be doing this evening. Um, actually, Drew's going to tell you that. My apologies. It's all you, still, Drew. <laughs> what we have planned for us uh, for the next 30 to 40 minutes, uh, we will start with a few warm-up activities to help you get primed for our time together. And we're going to start by addressing the general causes and warning signs of burnout. From there, we'll move into a deeper exploration of how to prevent burnout specifically addressing the idea of resilience and how deepening our personal resilience can help us navigate and prevent burnout for ourselves. We'll dive a bit deeper into the how with the five steps building uh, personal resilience, and then we'll explore a few hurdles and practice ideas. So overall with this training, we do hope to do our best to leave you with some tools and perspectives that can help you prevent even navigate burnout. So we know that the earth is, it's too warm these days, but what about you? So let's get a sense of how we're doing as a group here. So in the chat, what I'd like you to do is share three words or phrases that represent uh, your state of being lately. They may be similar in nature, like tired, overwhelmed, or stressed, 
or they might represent the opposite ends of the spectrum, like anxious, curious, and open to possibility. Anything goes. There's no expectation that you're showing up here in any particular state. So wherever you're at is totally normal and it's okay with us. So go ahead and add your state of being into the chat right now if you're interested and haven't already. Okay, I see, I see you discouraged, hanging in there, busy, searching, curious, SCOTA sucks, frustrated, anxious, hopeful, at a loss, tired, avoidant, not sure what to say, I think is what that says, heartbroken, ready, and excited to pivot to voter outreach, worried, tired, defeated. Yes, thank you for showing up. Thank you for sharing where you're at, um, especially when I read all of this, these um, heavy emotions on the screen. Um, it's, I'm impressed that you're here. So first of all, kudos for, um, for, for being here. Now, we, now that we have a sense of how you are doing, we are gonna dive into this training in somewhat of a unique way. Maybe not so unique if you've been on a few uh, workshops with me around resilience, but I like to mix it up a smidge. Um, we're gonna play about a minute plus of a music clip. And I invite you to follow my lead to the extent that you're comfortable. I'll be standing while I lead us through some simple stretches to just move our body. Um, I invite you to stand, you can stay sitting, you can just watch. You can turn your video off. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. Whatever works for you. You survived, you made it. What do you notice about you right now after listening, after being still, after moving your body, any body sensations about your emotions, about your thoughts? Again, anything goes, just curious, relaxed a bit. I am now smiling, a big change from before, full from dinner, smile, feeling better, a bit looser needed that kinesthetics feels nice to stretch my arms feeling better happy lighter more energetic more relaxed sometimes i get afraid that it's not going to work but every time i do this it totally works people generally not everybody but generally for a lot of people music is pretty powerful and so why did i do that because by turning on the limbic system music actually helps us remember what we're learning by creating longer lasting and stickier connections between parts of our brain that we want to associate with each other. So I didn't just do it to make you feel better. Partly it was selfish. I wanted you to be able to remember what we're talking about tonight. But of course that's for you, right? Because we're talking about burnout. 
Um, also, movement, if you are the type that, that feels comfortable doing that on Zoom, um, but even in general, mindful movement, when you are mindful about how you're moving your body, it can actually help us to connect to and learn from and lean on our bodies. And most of us tend to just lead with this thing right here, this big old head, this big heavy brain thing, and think that this is pretty much like everything. Um, but our body can actually tell us a lot and it can help us get from an agitated state immersed in strong emotions to a calm place where we can more easily and skillfully achieve our goals. So in a nutshell, music and movement represent a multitude of avenues for building personal resilience through tapping into our higher brain and calming our entire nervous system. When we're more resilient, we're more able to keep on keeping for the long haul and avoid burnout. So speaking of which, I'm going to pass it to Drew. Thank you, Tamara. So it's probably pretty likely that it's no accident that you're here tonight. Uh, it's been a long road of reconciliation, failed bills, Congress being so slow to act and very distracted, international war and conflict creating rising fuel prices and various you know, contentious judicial decisions on top of ignoring a global pandemic for two plus years now. It's a lot. It's really a lot. Times right now, they're perfect for climate burnout. So while I'm not going to say that you should be burned out, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if that's what you did tell me. You know, regardless of where you're at, we are just glad that you're here. Um, you know, according to the Australian Psychological Society, burnout is a result of stress accumulated over a long-term involvement in situations that are emotionally demanding. So it can't, oh, where am I at? What color? Oh, sorry, the back of my notes here. All right, so burnout can be caused by a combination of enduring situational stressors, uh, high expectations, and feelings of pressure. There are a number of aspects of the work we do to address climate change that can make us more vulnerable to burning out, including an awareness of the complexity and global nature of climate change, a deep sense of urgency and overwhelmed by the issue itself, carrying this burden of knowledge that humanity needs to take action and the consequences if we don't having unrelenting commitment to make a difference, uh, slow pace of progress that we tend to see, in part based upon negativity bias, meaning that our brains have a tendency to notice the negative and working against resistance uh, against those who seem to be more motivated by issues and values that keep us from implementing big effective solutions. It can be tempting for many of us as committed climate advocates to lean in harder and turn the other cheek when it comes to the warning signs of burnout. There simply isn't time or opportunity to take a break or give up, right? But here's the deal. Awareness is often our first step to making big changes, uh, including infusing our lives with enough energy to navigate and prevent burnout. So let's consider some of the warning signs and see what there is to recognize. Uh, before we throw a bunch of warning signs up on the screen in these four different categories though, let me ask you to share in our chat some of your ideas for signs of burnout in any of these four categories, emotional, cognitive, behavioral, and theological. What do you see as signs for burnout amongst yourselves? These might be signs that you recognize in yourself or maybe in somebody else or just general ideas that you have. So irritability when all you want to do is lay down, generalized fatigue, trouble sleeping, crying over stupid things, constant fatigue, um, challenging and 
Yep, I, I see that, Skip. Thank you for sharing that. Overeating, over drinking, tired, giving up, lack of motivation, headaches, impatience, exhaustion, confusion, lethargy. Yeah, you guys, um, it seems like you might have a little bit of experience with this uh, topic as I'm noticing all of these ideas. So I'm, uh, I'm gonna add some of these up here, these emotional signs. Um, and just as I add these up here, just go ahead and scan through them. See if there's anything that jumps out at you as maybe a surprise, maybe something that you hadn't really thought about, um, or maybe on the other end of the spectrum, maybe something that you're experiencing that you didn't even process that you were experiencing or something that you are experiencing that you definitely notice and then you're seeing it on this list like, oh yeah. Definitely, and you guys mentioned a lot of these, right? Severe upset over trivial matters. I think somebody said crying over stupid things. So I don't know if that would be um, what you would consider trivial or stupid, but trivial and stupid, right? Um, but, you know, a loss of sense of purpose and energy, um, all sorts of tension, right? Like I noticed that I get really tense here and, and I think that, well, the random headache, sort of like the random warm day isn't a sign of climate change or isn't a, one headache isn't a sign of burnout. It's the chronic thing, right? It's this chronic sense of running on empty. So what can we do to prevent personal climate burnout? While we can't look to nature for all of our questions, uh, I find a lot of wisdom in her perspectives. So as Robert Jordan wrote, the oak fought, or the oak fought, the wind and was broken, the willow bent when it must and survived. So I'm not trying to say that forward bends and flexibility are the ultimate burnout prevention tool, though both are certainly quite helpful. Instead, we share this quote as a way to transition us into the idea of deepening personal resilience as a way to navigate and help us with burnout, being strong enough to bend. So I like to explore the positive relationship between burnout and resilience specifically considering the idea that deepening or strengthening our own personal resilience, our own resilience is one of the keys to keep ourselves from burning out. But let's first be clear on what resilience is because it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. One of my favorite general definitions of resilience is from the Bounce Back Project. Resilience is our ability to bounce back from the stresses of life. It's not about avoiding the stress, but learning to thrive within the stress. In this definition, I love the relationship that is created between stress and thriving. At CCL, we also have a working definition of resilience, which we crafted from a multi multitude of sources and reflects the aspects of resilience that feel most important to us as committed climate advocates. Resilience helps us stay the course through the highs and the lows and bounce forward from challenges. Clearly we live in a world of ups and downs, ins and outs, challenges and ease. When we can bounce forward after initial setbacks from difficulties, we are more likely to avoid burning out. There are so many approaches and tactics and strategies and unique effective ways for building resilience. I find, however, that it can be helpful to have a framework for where to start and how to deepen my own resilience. And so I wanted to share that with you. So I created these five steps for, for building or deepening personal resilience and ultimately preventing personal burnout. 
the first step is to identify your current experience or your needs or your feelings. We're going to go into detail in, in, in each of these momentarily, but I'm going to give you the overall list first of all. So identify your current experience. What's happening for you right now? What do you need? What do you feel? Number two, accept that what you need is what you need free from judgment. The free from judgment part is really challenging for a lot of us, but just making space for what it is that you're experiencing and feeling um, is a really powerful step in the process of building resilience. Number three, seek help where you need it. We live, we are social beings. Even those of us who are introverts, we are social beings. We have brains that are designed to work in community, live in community, need other people. We can't do it all on our own. Um, so seeking help where you need it is really helpful. And then this is probably the biggest one here. It's huge, but practice meeting your needs. Do the things that are actually going to help you uh, move forward. And we're, again, we're gonna go into details on all of these. And then repeat regularly, rinse and repeat. It's my favorite thing to say about step number five, rinse and repeat. Do all these things again, identify, accept, seek, practice, and repeat. Identify, accept, seek, practice, and repeat. Before we dive into these five steps of deepening resilience, you guessed it, I have an activity for you. Let me ask you this. How might deepening your resilience help you prevent burnout? No wrong answers. This is just a way for me to help you personalize the information. When you can make things personal, it really helps you to take the information into your own life and apply it. As a reminder, I'll add the five steps into the chat in case you wanted to reference those. Um, but again, this is not a quiz. This is just helping you to begin to make a connection between deepening your resilience and preventing burnout. Catching it early, fewer ups and downs by allowing me to recharge. Yeah, that recharge. Today I was thinking about this idea of burning out, like if a flame, you're like when a flame burns out, there's no more flame there. So in a sense, like if we stick with that metaphor, it's just a mat, it's just a, it's just relighting that fire in a sense, right? Or recharging the battery if the battery is on empty, whichever metaphor you prefer, fire or batteries. I guess I don't know, is fire sustainable? Probably fire's like yesterday, batteries are tomorrow. I don't know. Anyway, regaining composure at multiple times during the day brings energy and joy to your next project. Doing what you feel like at any given moment helps. Yeah, finding support when needed to give me a break to share, having a support system. Yeah, so I love that some of you are picking out the specific parts um, of the five steps that perhaps are resonating the most with you. Yeah, knowing that you have inner strength to draw from. It's like a roadmap to follow when I feel stuck. I love that, the roadmap thing too, Linda. Yeah, prevention. Yeah, and that's part of being here, right? A number of you said, I don't know if I'm burned out. That's why I'm here to find out, right? So let us begin to dive in here. Take a look at these five steps in more detail. Um, so step one, figure out what you need right now and make this a regular thing to check in with yourself about. This might look like asking yourself at any moment, what do I need right now? Am I hungry? How am I feeling? Do I need a break? Do I need sleep? Am I thirsty? Do I need a change of scenery or perspective? Do I need social connection? Do I need to feel validated or seen or heard or understood? 
sometimes, and for some of us, the answer is really quite obvious. It bubbles right up and into our face and it's making it very obvious that there's either too much on our plate or that we're worried about wildfires or we're stressed about a relationship in our life. And with practice, as we grow more intentional about making space to listen for our needs, the answer gets easier to hear. For some of us, however, or as we're just beginning to tap into our own experience, or even when things are hard, like when life feels really hard, it can be really hard to hear the answer once you actually remember to ask the question, of course. When the answer is hard to find, it can help to just try something in order to hone in on what exactly would make a difference. Go outside, get up and walk around, turn on your favorite music, call a friend, eat a snack, draw or free write, drink some tea or water or another beverage of choice that is healthy, <laughs> relatively healthy. Um, the point of trying things at this stage is not necessarily to feel better. We're not going for like, solve the problem. Though that's part of it, right? Right now, again, with this first step is to really assess your needs, identify what you need. So you want to tap into like, what is my heart feeling? What is my mind telling me? What is my body experiencing? What does this pain in my neck actually mean? Or even just feeling into the pain in my neck, right? Without needing to get all up in our thoughts about what it means. Um, sometimes the answer's right there, but the thoughts get in the way of us hearing it. So trying different things to, to mix it up can really help. So these ideas are great, right? It's often a lot easier said than done. There's no time like the present and in CCL we like to practice. And again, I will say you can add your own, I encourage you to add your own insight. And then if you see something on the screen that you also resonate with, you can, you can upvote it. You can give it a thumbs up, as being said, using past experiences to inform. Yeah, listen, exclamation point. Mm -hmm. Yep, need to be doing something I'm interested in and value for sure. Your feelings can point you towards what you need. Mm -hmm. Thoughts in the very early morning before interacting with anyone. So like catching that like primal zone, right? Taking a walk. Um, yeah, great ideas. This is, you guys are rocking it. Thank you so much for, excellent. Feel free to keep adding ideas if you would like. Um, and I'm going to pass it to Drew to talk about number two. All right. So number two, acceptance and accepting what you need. Uh, sometimes when we actually remember to ask ourselves, uh, you know, a question, it can be hard to accept or even hear the answer because we wish or expect the answer to be different. You know, not necessarily so difficult when it comes to things like thirst, but some of us can get pretty judgy about what we need, making it mean all sorts of things about who we are. You know, if I'm tired right now and need sleep or a break, for example, I may get all up in my head about how there's simply not enough time to sleep or take a break if we're ever going to address this climate change issue. Uh, you know, if I'm hungry and I need to eat, it's natural for some of us to get judgy and self-critical about how often we should or shouldn't eat and what we're actually putting into our bodies when we do eat. It's far too easy for some of us to spin out into larger issues and concerns when we identify a need. So doing that distracts us from meeting the need in the moment. However, which is one of the key steps to building resilience and preventing burnout? The need is the need, at least for now. If you'd like to change that need in the long run, acceptance and recognition will not keep you from working on that. It will actually make it easier and more likely. And you can certainly choose to work on that at some point, but not in the moment when what is needed is acceptance. So the task for this moment after identifying your need 
accept it as a need and nothing else. Sometimes thinking about the love you feel for someone else can help in this process to just feel into that feeling and let it be there for yourself. To step three, seek assistance. Consider where you need help and ask for support. Like I said earlier, we are social and communal beings. Our brains are wired to connect with other people. And therefore, in certain ways, we are actually dependent upon others to help meet our needs, at least some of them. At the same time, we live in a culture in the United States that actually encourages, encourages independence. Those of you who may be on the call from other countries, your culture may be different. But in the United States, there is some level of weakness or immaturity that is assigned around relying on other people, not completely, but somewhat. Um, at least that's been my experience. And it's hard for some of us then as beings who need connection and ultimately social acceptance to lean into something that isn't as accepted by our society. Asking for help and relying on others, pretty hard to do in our society too much, right? It is a balance though. I'm not implying that you want to rely on others too much because then we don't build those skills for independence, which is also a life skill. But for the moment, just focusing on identifying those challenges that are struggle that you're struggling to meet on your own, like needing conversation. It's hard to be your own conversationalist. Um, intimacy um, with another person or to feel heard or to experience tunnel vision or overwhelm. Sometimes it can be really, really helpful to ask the people in our lives to help us with those types of things that are hard to meet on ourselves. So again, let's take a moment for you to consider for yourself and share in our poll to the extent that you're comfortable supposed to appear strong yeah <laughs> observing how others respond when asked for help i'm afraid of other people thinking i'm not strong yeah that's a big one i wrongly assume that it would, i wrongly assume that i would do it better sometimes we will do it better right but sometimes it comes at a cost if we do all those things on our own that we could do better judgment or unsolicited input wanting to believe that i can handle the difficulty on my own yeah that one that's a big one so it looks like um there's lots of resonance happening. Thank you. I just want to point out that when you share something and you might think it's a solo experience, just notice that all these other people are um, having that experience as well. Um, and this is part of being in community. <clears throat> and one of the reasons I'm really glad that you're here tonight because we do have this opportunity to sort of crowdsource. All right, Drew's going to talk about um, number four. All right, number four, practice. While Tamara loves number five, number four is hands down my favorite part. This one's huge. It can look like all sorts of different things for different people, but it's also creativity's playground in my opinion. Uh, I use the word practice for a few reasons. First of all, the idea of practice conveys that, you know, we don't have to get it right. Just practice, make mistakes, learn. The idea of practice can also convey the idea of regularity. Um, and that's really the key here. Practice meeting your needs uh, with intention regularly. Once you know what you need, there are all sorts of ways you can meet those needs, especially if you regularly explore other resources to inform, educate, uh, inspire yourselves about what's impossible or what's possible rather. If you need to create more of a boundary between your climate work and you know the rest of your life, for example, you might choose to turn off your notifications on your climate email account, or you might choose to create a climate email account if you don't have one yet. 
I want to highlight the importance of practice because of the deep impact that it has on our brain development. Uh, this is something that we highly value in CCL, and it's not only helpful in our lobbying and our other advocacy efforts, but for helping us stick it out uh, for the long haul as well. So as Elizabeth Stanley mentions in her fantastic book, Widen the Window, rewiring the brain and body to improve our performance and build resilience requires an integrated training regimen and consists practice over time, just as muscle growth and improved cardiovascular functioning requires months of consistent physical exercise. There are so many practices that we can integrate into our lives, both daily and over the long term, um, that you know, really help us become more resilient and prevent burnout. So many different ways that work for so many different people at different times in their lives. Everything is very fluid. We've done a number of these things already this evening, including listening to music, moving our bodies, personalizing new info, uh, connecting the community, combating any sense that we might have of being alone, uh, doing this work in a vacuum. This is extremely important as you know, social support is the biggest predictor of well-being that exists according to social scientists. So to kind of give you, you know, a, a personal touch here, um, I have diagnosed OCD. Uh, if things aren't going the way that I think they should go, I tend to get extremely anxious and I am no longer able to focus on the task at hand. So going back to music, uh, years ago, 2016, when I was in uh, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, um, I discovered that I could listen to nursery rhyme rock music. So it was rock music done up like nursery rhymes. And there were no words that would draw my brain to that attention. Uh, but it was a familiar sound, so I was able to drown everything else out around me and just focus on the task at hand, disconnect from all the external stressors that were going on, and allow me to, you know, get my work done. That's awesome, Drew. If you're able to add a link to those, uh, you told me that they, there's a whole playlist on YouTube, so if, uh, if you're able to drop a link for us, I'm sure some of us would be quite curious to check what out some of that. Twinkle, twinkle, little rock star. That's the name twinkle, of Twinkle, twinkle, little rock star. All right, there it is in the chat. I'm not going to type it right now, but somebody else could if they want. So um, there are clearly a number of, thanks for sharing that, Drew. That was, uh, I love hearing that story. There are clearly a number of other practices that we can do in our lives as well whether in any particular moment where, where, when we're needing something or on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis to provide more of a foundation practice in our lives. So some of these include drawing boundaries between our climate work and our, our other lives, our outside climate lives. Um, some of us have <laughs> separation, some of us don't, um, but that is a, a valuable practice. Um, and, uh, implementing structure on a something that you can, I don't mean like actually building things in your house, though that is valuable for some people. And, uh, but I mean, having a regularity, like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, a thing that you do either every day or twice a week or three times a, a week. Um, I find that that's really, really helpful because it, um, you know, it, I might not be in the mood to go running, but today is my day. Today is my day to work out. So it actually uh, allows me to just lean on something without needing to get up in my head about it. So I, um, I'm going to share a brief story about um, a distinct time in my life when I fe remember feeling really burned out on climate change. It was probably 2017 or something. It was right before um, they, right before I became, I started on staff as a regional coordinator. And it was clear to me that I needed a break, but I was really, really 
struggling with, I didn't to where to step away. I didn't want to step away completely, but I had so many irons in the fire and I knew that I couldn't keep all, keep them all hot. So I needed to create some breathing room in my life. And I was anxious about the hole that I would leave if I did step away from any one of those things. And while it was a challenging decision, I ultimately, it ultimately paid off um, and allowed me enough space to energize myself to dive deep down, deeper down the road so that I could ultimately work on climate even more. Um, and so now, in addition to having learned to say no, that was one of the skills that I practiced back then. Um, I'm really clear now on my personal and climate boundaries. So I, there are certain days I just don't, I don't do climate work. I don't think about climate change. Um, I don't do climate work or think about climate change after a certain time of the day. Um, I don't have notifications on my climate email at all. And this allows me time to get away and really savor. And we talk in CCL about savoring. And I think that that is something that I've really appreciated about CCL. Um, and so it allows me to create and lean on those daily and weekly structures like I was talking about, like regular exercise and also spending time, quality time with my family, um, camping or getting out in the wilderness as much as, as possible. Love that story, Tamara. Thank you. Um, looking at you know our additional ideas and things like this, stuff that you can practice, hunting the good stuff is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, when everything seems to be weighing on you, or even when it isn't, this activity really helps change your perspective. So think to yourself, you know, what are at least three positive things I can identify in my life right now? Uh, this helps transition your mind from you know, a defeated state to one of hope and encouragement. It redirects your focus to what is you know, going wrong to really what's going right. Remember, though, things do not need to be going wrong for you to do this. It's a great way to start your day or just randomly stop and you know, hunt the good things when you have a moment or two to do so. Um, it's, you know, it's actually way more beneficial to do this when you aren't feeling down. Um, we don't show in the day of the big game without practicing and you shouldn't wait until things are heavy to implement you know, techniques proactive is always better than reactive and avoiding burnout is always going to be better than trying to come out of it so now that we've talked about some of our favorite and helpful practices it is your turn so what practices help you navigate and overcome challenges uh, journaling keeping tasks, lists of tasks by priority. That's nice. Korean food videos, mindless and makes me hungry. Love that. Regular exercise in order to sleep better at night, taking walks, being outside, intentionally setting time to step away to gain perspective, recalibrate, journaling, early morning walks, long baths, quiet time to read with a cat. Oh, I love them. I also wanted to just briefly share this list of general practice tips that I recently read about from Lisa Van Sustren, quoted from a Grist article called 16 Tips for Avoiding Climate Burnout. Um, I've linked her article as well as two or three or four other climate burnout articles on the Resilience Resources page, which I just shared the link there. I'm also gonna talk about the Resilience Hub shortly, but many of these ideas might seem obvious. We've talked about many of them this evening. But it can be pretty hard to remember to do these things when we're feeling 
down in the dumper or we're feeling overwhelmed or burned out. Um, and so I highly recommend that you write um, a list somewhere where you can see it and move the list around because brain science says that we, you know, we stop seeing these lists that are just have been there for a week or two. Um, so you could, and also like picking the things out that feel specific to you and your life will also help you integrate them um, more as well. So before we wrap things up, um, we um, are going to offer you the opportunity to do an intentional breath practice. You might've noticed that we did not put intentional breathing on that list. And that was because we knew that we wanted to spend a few minutes giving you the opportunity to do that with us right now. So the benefits of intentional or mindful breathing are immense. Building personal resilience and avoiding burnout is just one of them. Seriously, if you look it up, it is, it's amazing the, the benefits of just being intentional about your breathing. So for those of you who are interested in trying this out or doing this along with me, I'm gonna explain how it works and then I'll give us an opportunity to do this practice together. So I'm gonna do a practice that I call progression breathing. It might be called that out in the world as well, but you breathe in for four, you hold for six and you breathe out to the count of eight. And this process, especially longer out breaths, so breathing out eight and breathing in for four, and you can choose your number, but we're just gonna do four, six, eight. It actually activates our parasympathetic nervous system. That's the one that slows us down and helps us with that calm feeling and that curiosity and that ability and desire to want to communicate and be social. There um, are numerous benefits to actually holding your breath as well. Um, so I invite you to try it with me if you'd like. I'm gonna count aloud for one round and then I'll, and then I'll count silently. Um, and you can follow along and count in your head as you would like to. And then I'll leave enough silence for, um, for us to do maybe um, a little bit more. We'll see how it goes. We're almost done. Okay, so here we go. Um, feel free to relax your gaze. You can turn your video off for, for this if you would like to, if that helps you relax. But just go ahead and find a comfortable space. And then go ahead and breathe in for one, two, three, four, hold for six, five, four, three, two, one, breathe out for eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. And I'm gonna be silent for you to do this about one more time. So when you're ready, go ahead and come back to our community here. We just have a few more minutes. And once you get into your own rhythm and you find the timing that works for you, then you can use this practice at any time to help you calm your system. You can even do it in a meeting. You could do it while watching TV. Um, some people also enjoy what's called box breathing, where you breathe in, hold, 
breathe out and hold for the same amount of time. So it'd be four, hold for four, out for four, sorry, hold for four, and then out for four. In, hold, out, hold. Um, so just finding a, a breath that works for you, a breath practice that works for you, and then just mixing it up can also feel really valuable, value, valuable for people. Is this me, Drew, on rinse and repeat? Is this mine? Or is this you? Okay, that's me. Okay, so then rinse and repeat. I love the practice one too, but I do love saying rinse and repeat. Like we said, um, check in with yourself regularly to see how you might fine tune and improve your process. And also rely on resources that can help mix things up for the brain and pave your way for success. So just like if you're wanting to um, do an exercise routine and build muscle or lose fat, you need to mix up the routine every six weeks or so. And it's the same thing with practices, right? Mix up your breath practices, mix up your social engagement practices. Um, because we are creatures of habit. Um, there is also, there's all sorts of brain research around the benefits of structure and consistency. But like I said, there's all our brains are also highly attuned to variation, which keeps things fresh and alive for us. So while you may have a system in place that's working for a while, there's great benefit to assessing it and making changes from time to time. If you're needing support or if other people, if you wanna share this content, um, you know what I'm gonna do? This training will, when it's available, it will live on the Resilience Hub. The Resilience Hub, should you not know about it yet, it's a one-stop shop for all things resilience within CCL, not all things, but many things including a short video about resilience at the top, live workshops, recorded and online trainings like this one, and even practices and links to relevant action teams like the Resilience Building Action Team. We also have a resilience resource page, which can be found under, whoops, under support materials right here, uh, middle of the page, um, including, and so the resilience resource page has lots of key links to things outside of CCL included regularly updated resources organized by themes like burnout. Yeah, I just added a burnout section and there's four articles there for you. Um, there's a grief section. There's a humor section. That's really, there's some awesome comic, um, uh, comic strips and things like that. And some really things that could bring some smiles to your faces. Um, so yeah, that's the, the CCL Resilience Hub. It's cclusa.org forward slash resilience. You can also just search resilience in um, on CCL community. The other thing I'd want to mention is that sometimes an experience like this can help you realize that you'd like some professional help. Um, you might have an employer that is supported by ADP, for example, and they have a life care um, number with 24 seven personalized support, or maybe another program that your employer offers, you could check into that. Um, and also while we haven't specifically addressed depression and climate overwhelm tonight, climate change is a heavy topic and it can be deeply challenging for a lot of people. So if you or anyone you know that is struggling with deep depression, I just wanna make you aware of a climate aware, there is a climate therapist directory. Um, it's a growing list, it is not extensive, but it is a national list and that can be um, helpful. It's by the Climate Psychology Alliance of North America. So thank you so much. Email me if you have any thoughts um, or questions or suggestions. Um, Drew.Irely is also um, open to your emails, I'm sure. And really appreciated your presence and your feedback and your intention and your authenticity. And um, I look forward to working with you um, in spaces in CCL and otherwise in the future. And take care of yourselves.
Have a good night, everybody. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. 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 Thank Have you so much. Evening, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.